This is the Family Friendly Workplace Podcast produced by Women's Agenda. When it comes to supporting parents and families as a leader, there is a certain amount of familiarity you can offer in sharing a story or two on navigating the inevitable mess that comes with the juggle such as say that time you needed to express during a workday. So you decided to use the boardroom only to be interrupted by a few senior leaders walking in for their scheduled meeting. So that's a story from Alison Dietz, the managing partner of Norton Rose Fulbright, speaking about having her daughter 17 years ago. She's my guest today for the Family Friendly Workplaces podcast. Alison assures me that from that moment in the boardroom, they created a parents' room and have had a parents' room ever since. And of course, much has changed in this law firm around parental leave, returning to work, flexible work, and other support mechanisms aimed at supporting families. Alison became managing partner of the firm just prior to the COVID-19 pandemic. She describes how within days, they needed to make the shift of getting more than 1,000 staff members out of the office and working from home. And while it has been challenging, the period has also been an opportunity to further embed flexibility and give more people an opportunity to work from home, particularly now in doing hybrid work weeks with now around 60% of staff in the office on any one day. And this is a huge shift for a big law firm. We discuss all this and more in the following conversation. Let's get stuck in. Thank you so much for joining me, Alison. So, I would like to explore the law firm's uh, groundbreaking pay parental leave scheme and other initiatives that you're working on there for new parents. But first, I did want to start by asking about your own experiences taking leave, returning to work, making a big career work for you and your family. How have you made your own leadership family friendly? Firstly, Angela, it's um, a pleasure to be talking to you today and I'm very happy to talk about my experiences and I think uh, that's one of the things that I have benefited from throughout my career, talking to other women about their own experiences and learning from them. So in terms of my career and making making a career work whilst having a family, uh, I was, I think, fortunate to have my daughter. I've got one child. Uh, quite late in life, so I was a partner already when I had a child. Um, I was very fortunate to have a child in in a firm that was very supportive. Um, I had very supportive partners around me, including some terrific female role, role models who I think were able to give me some excellent advice. Um, some, some very good male partners who were very supportive, cooperative, made sure that that they were able to manage my practice as well as their own whilst I was on parental leave. But it, it even so, it was a challenge being a partner. Um, the challenges, I think, uh, were different uh, than the challenges would be if, if you were aspiring to be a partner and, and you had a child. So, look, it was a juggle. I think the firm was at that point in time making great strides but there were still still things that that it hadn't thought of we was there we were still a, a long way to go I, I i remember one of my um most embarrassing moments when i came back to work uh, and my daughter was was still a still a baby i was still feeding breastfeeding her and so i had to express 
during the day at, at work and we didn't have an appropriate place in those days uh, to do that. So I, I was in one of our conference rooms um, where people went to have a social chit-chat and uh, the managing partner, the then managing partner of the Sydney office and the head of my uh, my team both walked in. They were both middle-aged men uh, and I'm not sure who was more embarrassed whether they were more embarrassed or whether I was more embarrassed. But ever since then, we've, uh, we've of course, had uh, a parents' room and every time we've moved, we've made sure that we've had a, had a parents' room. But that's, that's one of the differences, I think, between my generation and perhaps the generation of today. It's interesting. I've had a similar discussion with the managing director of IBM who had a kind of a similar experience. And I can say that I've had my own experiences of that as well where, um, and I mean, it's it's not intentional to forget about the need for a breastfeeding room. It just in some cases hasn't come up before. And once it does and once you break that ground, it happens and it makes it easier for everyone else beforehand. I think in that conversation as well that I had last week, we also discussed the fact that often when you take the leave and you're returning to work or while you're pregnant, you don't necessarily think about how you're going to be expressing during the day. It may not even come up and until you, you make that return or you have that meeting or you go to that conference and it's like, oh, hang on a second, <laughs> this needs to happen. It is one of those things that you don't think about beforehand. Often people will tell you, but I actually got RSI in one of my hands because I had one of those pumps and uh, I, I was conscious of doing it so quickly during the office day that, that I actually developed a problem in my, in, in my right hand. So it is one of those things that you don't think about. You don't think about going to long meetings and, and then having, having an issue and, and having to race to the having to race to the bathroom. So I think the fact that uh, someone who is the head of the firm has had those experiences and can empathise, I think all leaders are very conscious of it these days, but I think that it's that additional empathy because we have been through it and I think it's it's powerful for our younger women to hear those stories and realise, well, they're not alone, others have gone through it it is a part of being a parent. It is a part of being a parent and, and being a lawyer in a professional services firm. Yeah, yeah, sure. So one thing I've found, uh, I used to cover the legal sector. So I remember we'd often report on when a law firm makes the big announcement about paid parental leave, and then you'd see all the other law firms try to follow it. And it was a real competitive edge to have really strong paid parental leave. Can I ask what, what you were able to access at the time that you had your daughter? Uh, that is an interesting question because at the time I was an equity partner and that's complicated because you're not taking a, a salary, you're taking a share of the profits. So no one quite knew what to do with me and then I was I came back and was working flexibly three days a week. So it was what do we do? We've not had to consider this particular situation before. So I was fortunate that I was just able to continue my drawings because nobody actually knew how to work it out. So that's the difference between, you know, my daughter's now 17, uh, 17 years ago and, and today. We, it is now commonplace. We do have policies in place. We have procedures. In a sense, I'm not sure that professional services firms should, should try and make it a competitive advantage because I think it should be everyone should offer these and they're not benefits, but it is a way of working. It's a way of recognising that we want to have an inclusive workplace and these are the givens in an inclusive workplace. Mm, mm. So 
before I do, because obviously I do want to get into the paid parental leave that you do have there, which I might say is possibly a bit of a competitive edge when it comes to talent, and we'll get to that in a moment. But you mentioned there that you returned to work and you're working as a partner and you're working three days a week. Was that unusual at the time? And did people, anyone sort of think that, you know, things would fall over, that your clients wouldn't be able to cope with it or anything like that? Uh, look, I, I think it was it was challenging and I think at the time there was a view that amongst clients, particularly you didn't necessarily want clients to know that you weren't working five days a week. So you were out of the office, you were at meetings, you would take a call later on. Of course, it was mobile phones had were just coming into play. So that made it very easy. I can remember getting a, it was called an O2, but it was, it was the first sort of forerunner of the BlackBerry essentially. So you could get your, you could get your phone calls and you could get your emails when you were out in the park walking the, the stroller. Um, and, and that made a change because you didn't actually have to tell people where you were. A little bit like now, you don't need to say you're in the office, you're out of the office, you could be responsive to clients. So I do think that is a change that has occurred, that there is now much more of a willingness to be able to say, I only work three days a week, I will put this, or I am working flexibly, these are my days in the office, and, and you actually put that in your in your email that you send to clients. And I, I do think the difference for law firms is that our clients now understand that, expect that and appreciate the fact that the law firms that they work for do have a large cohort who work flexibly. Mm, mm. So, so Norton Rose Fulbright recently introduced that new paid parental leave scheme. So it's offering 18 weeks to new parents in a way that it's, well, it's gender neutral, it's inclusive, uh, it provides flexibility around how parents take that leave. So am I right in saying that that, that policy, it's for new mums and for new dads, is it for primary and secondary carers? It is 18 weeks for primary carers and then four weeks for secondary. And the contemplation is you can swap and you can take that any time within the first two years of a child's life. So what we are finding is a much greater take up of men with that leave and then they are tag teaming with their female partner so that effectively they can have two periods of quite long long leave. So what has made a difference is the take up by our male partners and our male lawyers. And it's interesting because they've taken it in slightly different ways. So it is a much more flexible policy. So we have seen some of our men take that in a way where they work from home five days a week, leave, but actually they'll work one or two of those days actually from home so that they'll keep connected to the business. So it's interesting that that has been a, a phenomenon that has occurred with our males, which has made it a lot more attractive and flexible, I think. Yeah. And is there a sense of, I mean, it, it, I know that in, in some cases it takes a male leader demonstrating how it's done in the first place before others follow, because sometimes we see that organisations do have these great policies in place, but they don't actually get used. Have you seen that sort of flow on effect and possibly even by you know, making an announcement about this type of scheme, even something like that may encourage more men to actually utilise what's on offer. Do you see that kind of domino effect then? Uh, we do. So our male champion in, in that respect is um, a quite senior banking partner in our Perth office. 
Uh, his wife is a management consultant. They have three children. Um, he's been a champion of that and what he's found is he's been inundated with calls from other men who are saying, well, how did you manage to do that? I'd quite like to explore that, but I didn't, I didn't really want to put up my hand. I just, I'm keen to understand how it works from your perspective. So I think he's been a great role model actually for the, for the males in our office. Mm, they need to have, have that, that demonstration, that almost like permission to see that other people are doing it and they are succeeding and it's acceptable. And if anything, it's actually improving their career and adding to their family life and what they can achieve. Absolutely. And he's one of our very successful partners. So uh, seeing a, a, a very successful partner to be able to do that has been excellent in terms of helping others to, to realise this is not just a female issue, but this is an issue of workplaces for the future. If we really want to have that inclusive workplace culture, we really want to make sure that we are getting the best talent into the firm. It is an issue for everyone. Can I ask about the pandemic period? So obviously the lockdown situation was different in different states across Australia and, and across your different offices. What did you see change at that point? What could you say about some of the, the challenges that parents took on at that point and how that, that shift to, having, to working from home, to working remotely, how that, how that went about and how it happened? Look, I think it was one of the most challenging periods for everyone. I took over at just as the pandemic hit, so it was an extraordinary period for all of us. And I think nobody quite knew what was going to happen, how we were going to cope. We, As a firm in Australia, we had a 1,000 people who were working remotely within a week. Um, so that was just an extraordinary effort by everybody. But what we found and what we, everyone found is those that had children then had children who needed to be schooled from home and it depended on the, on the particular age of the children as to their needs and how we as, as lawyers and also as, as administrative staff were going to deal with those children. And so that was one of the challenges. I think everyone responded in a different way. I think there were some stresses because some of the responsibilities never ended because you were working and then you were making sure that your your children were participating in school and then you ended up working later at night to make sure you got your work done. So I, I think for many, they felt that they were actually working harder than they'd ever felt. Having said that, it was a boon for most people because they realised that they could work flexibly. Um, and that is one of the benefits, I think, of a law firm. One of the criticisms of law firms is it's got the billable hour culture. One of the benefits of that culture, which which was demonstrated in the pandemic, is you could see what work people were doing when they were working from home. So you didn't need that presenteeism. You didn't need people in the office to be able to get their work done. And I think females realised that, males realised that, the management of the firm realised that, and it allowed us to create a, a more flexible environment and it made our staff want a more flexible environment once we all were able to get back to the office. And <clears throat> as you know, we did that. We all did that in, in different different ways in different states. But we've now been 
sort of back in the office in Sydney, for example, for quite a long time, over, well over six months, we would have about 60% of our people in the office. So we went from probably about 25% working flexibly to at least 40% working flexibly. Yeah, so it, it is a change that has seen, and, and this was reported in a, another newspaper about a week ago, that where Norton Rose is actually subletting part of the office because you just don't need that much space anymore if you've got you know 60% of staff on site at any one time. And I saw that you've also said that staff are now working, well, full-time staff are now working two days a week from home, which you've declared a permanent change. So does anybody work full-time in the office? Is that a choice? Is it that you are required to work two days remotely or? It's definitely a choice. Uh, we spent some time, we, we've done a number of surveys of our staff. We, we wanted to understand what our staff wanted to do. There are, there are some jobs that require people to be present. What we wanted to do was aim for that around 60%, between 60 and 70%, but actually give teams the choice themselves within the firm to structure their days as the, as their teams wanted to structure it, as their needs in their particular team required it. So we found that's been quite successful. That has enabled us to change what, what our firm looks like and change our footprint um, in response to that. So it, it isn't that everybody works three days. That certainly isn't, isn't what happens. It depends on what your what team you're in, um, what you, what, how your team wants to operate. So some teams want to operate that everybody's in on a Wednesday, for example. Other teams say, you need to be in on a, you know, we'd like you to be in on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. We're going to have team days once a month on this particular day. So it, it really has allowed teams themselves to, to have some ownership in the process. Yeah, which is which obviously really supports them in in how they they want to work. But I guess all of this has been uh, such a shift for, for for particularly big law firms, and I see it in some of my own friends who have young children who do work in big law firms. Who obviously outside of the pandemic period where they were in lockdown and they had those kids at home, but with their kids at school and with their kids in daycare and having those caring arrangements in place. I see that they're really enjoying their work and they are enjoying having a little bit of extra time in their day because they're not doing that big commute. They might be doing it a few days a week, but they still have a little bit of a time when they're not doing that commute and they can do the work from home. And it feels like it's sort of transformed how they are now thinking about their career and what they can do from here. I'm wondering if you've seen an impact maybe around the mental health or the well-being or um, maybe around the enthusiasm for, for taking on new roles and new promotions, particularly for, for, for uh, the, the working mothers in your organisation there? So uh, I think there's a range of issues and, and there's, not, there's not a one-size-fits-all, which we realised. Um, for some, the challenge of, 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 of the pandemic and working from home ha has been very stressful. It, it's caused more stress, not less stress. So we have seen... Um, that more support has been needed to be provided to some. For others, it's been a release. They've, they've realised that they can structure their working lives, their personal lives in the way that they want to, um, and, and that's given them a new freedom and a new zest for life. 
from a from an over, overall leadership perspective and a management perspective, it's required a lot more thought and effort because there are logistical challenges. It's very easy if you say everybody's got to be in the office five days a week uh, unless you've got some special arrangement here. That's much easier from a management point of view. It's actually logistically challenging if you are giving your staff that flexibility. You have to make sure that it works. You have to know where people are. And you also have to make sure that there is enough connection, presenteeism, that they're not losing that learning that they might learn, in, particularly in a law firm, that osmosis that comes from working as part of a team. Particularly the younger generation of lawyers, they need that the sort of bump factor of being in the office with their colleagues. So it has required additional thought, additional managing logistics so that we can get people together. Obviously, technology is fantastic and we've been able to use that to great effect and will continue to do so. Um, But there is nothing like being together as a learning experience. So more effort needs to go into, for example, our graduate programs and our, our young lawyers programs because there's less, a little bit less of the one-on-one that they may have experienced in the past. Mm, mm. So on the idea of the family-friendly workplace, are there any other policies that you'd point to within the firm there that you see as particularly contributing to to making it more family-friendly? We've obviously got a raft of policies. We've got a, a, a domestic and family violence policy, which I think is 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 so critical uh, today. It's it's obviously something that is much more on society's agenda than it has been in the past. It's much we are much more aware, I think, as as firms of our obligations to our staff who may have those issues. So we certainly have uh, we have that policy. Um, we do have support for carers. Generally, it's not just those that have child caring arrangements. We have a number of of our people who have disability care, um, elderly parents care. In fact, we've we've surveyed our people on a number of occasions. The number of carers is quite high, so making sure that we have support networks for those people um, that's been something that we've, we've that has been taken up. Um, to make sure we're supporting them and, and giving them the assistance that they need, um, making sure we've got a, a fantastic coaching of those people who come back from parental leave, making sure that that, that they receive coaching um, so that they can come back into the work environment. Um, we can o- help them to overcome any challenges that they find. So it's making sure that we have as many policies and procedures as we can to support an inclusive workplace. Yeah, okay. All right, great. And what would you like to see other leaders doing to support more family-friendly workplaces, especially in professional services and law firms where I might dare suggest it hasn't always been the most family-friendly environments for people, especially beyond um, the paid parental leave, but with this opportunity and this change and this new normal that we're in, what would you like to see more leaders doing to make this happen? I think more leaders need to stand up and make sure that it's part of their platform. It is a topical issue at the moment. The position of women in the workplace, we've seen some horror stories in the media. We need to make sure our leaders are standing up, speaking out for the position of all of our staff, making sure that we have inclusive workplaces 
and making sure that we have people who can be role models and people can look up to. I think that's I think that's critical. And being outspoken. I've been outspoken in my firm. Um, sometimes people are taken aback, but I think it's incumbent on us as leaders to actually take a stand and make sure that we are communicating both internally and also externally. I think that's important as well. The Family Friendly Workplaces podcast is an initiative supporting the new National Work and Family Standards for Workplaces, which informs employers of the minimum and best practice policies they can invest in to create a great family-friendly workplace culture. You can learn more at familyfriendlyworkplaces.com.